Good morning and welcome to Life Fox Media Channel Radio Broadcast. Today it's my stream pleasure to have one director, actress, Gabrielle Stone. How are you today? I'm so good. How are you? Very good, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm happy to. How you holding up through all this pandemic stuff, my dear? You know, it's been really interesting. I've definitely emotionally been feeling the heaviness of the collective consciousness and like what the world's going through. Um, but my my book has been doing really well, and it's it's been pretty incredible to have the time to be able to connect to all of my readers through social media and you know be a little small part in them helping helping get them through the pandemic. Tell us a little bit about your book, Gabrielle, please. So it's called Eat, Pray, FML, and it's basically the story of when my life exploded in 2017. I was married for almost three years, found out that my husband was having an affair with a 19-year-old for six months, filed for divorce, left. Shortly after that, I met a guy. We fell madly in love with each other and had a whirlwind romance, and he convinced me to go on a month-long trip to Italy with him. 48 hours before we were getting on the plane, he told me he needed to go by himself and broke up with me. I was absolutely devastated, broke my ex, broke my heart like my ex-husband never could have done, uh, and I had a decision to make, and that was either stay at home heartbroken or go travel Europe for a month by myself. So I took a backpack, and did six countries over the span of a month, and wrote a book about it. That is badass. You, 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 you know what? You take a few minutes. I say, you know, even if it's a couple days, a week, whatever it is, you shower off. You kind of get all the stench off you, and, and then you try to pick yourself up. And that sounds like exactly what you did. I mean, that's kind of what we have to do in any situation in life. We, we, it's like you either become a victim and let the situation fully affect you or you make something great out of it and I chose to chose to make something out of it I'll tell you what I've read a lot of the comments about your book and I have not had a chance to read it yet I definitely will because I really I it sounds great and your mom put it oh, over strong you. by the way you know your mom your mom said it was you know said it was a really good book too <laughs> and, uh, well I'm sure she's I'm sure she's biased but you know <laughs> uh, no, no of course not you know and I love your mom to death you know we're talking about your mother, the unbelievable actress, Miss D. Wallace, who was just on not too long ago, and I, I love her. But anyway, but so, you know, going through this, you know, how was it gone through Europe? I'm, I'm going to go forward to go backward to go forward again. So how was it gone through Europe and just taking a minimum and going on your way? You know, I had never traveled with a backpack. I've always traveled with luggage, and right. I've never traveled by myself unless it was to go work on a film set. Uh, so it was a totally new experience for me. I was completely out of my comfort zone. Um, the only thing I knew about hostels was that there was a movie about them and people got brutally murdered in it. So, um, <laughs> it was, a, it was totally, totally new on all levels for me. And it honestly completely changed my life. I totally fell in love with solo travel. I'm a huge advocate of it now. I think everyone should do it at least once in their life. It's, it's life changing. And it was, a really great lesson in not only that I'm totally okay by myself, which has always been a big fear of mine, um, but how capable I am to, to just go and travel the world solo. Yeah, raised by a single mom before it was popular or a sport, 
I respect that hugely. And my mom today is still my hero. So, I mean, uh, her birthday was just Me the other too. day. And she's 79, Me you know. Too. So, I, I dig that. And I respect that. And But, you know, as it now, of course, you know, when you're going over there and it's... It, had you ever been through Europe prior to that? Or was... Um, or, God, dear. I had been to Bul- I had been to Bulgaria um, for you know five or six days to shoot a film when I was eighteen. Um, but other than that, no, uh, and that I had gone with other people. So this was my real first time traveling in Europe, and I had obviously because I only had forty eight hours to plan where I was going. Um, I knew that I was flying into London, and that was as far as I planned. I, I didn't book anything in advance. I would decide what, what country I wanted to go to when I was in whatever country I was in. Um, so it was very much by the seat of my pants and so opposite of my personality, but it was really a great lesson in just going with the flow and knowing that the universe is going to show up and take care of you. You know, and, and it's got to be um, I'm, I'm going to ask this. I hope you don't mind. How, how was your mom with this? You know, I mean, obviously you were an adult, but how was your mom with knowing you were going to, you were going to, you know, skip, hop, hop around, you know, Europe on, on your own? She was terrified. <laughs> um, I remember sitting on my bed before I was going to leave and she looked at me and she's like, she was like, you don't, you don't have to go, you know, um, you, you can stay here. It's okay. And I looked at her and I was like, no, mom, I, I have to, I have to do this. Um, so I know she was nervous and probably would have chose for me to stay home. But, um, <laughs> you know, I was, I was 28 years old. I think she was more concerned about the state I was in after going through such a heinous divorce and then this brutal heartbreak. She was more concerned about my mental state and my well-being, I think, than, uh, than my safety. Right. Now, did you, is there a time period that traveling, I mean, obviously, you know, you're naive in one way, and I mean that in a respectful way, because anybody who's in that position is going to be, but yeah. it, did you ever feel that you were in danger over there, or, or was it completely cool? No, and I get asked that all the time by readers. Um, I felt totally safe and protected the entire time I was there. There was one moment in Paris, which was my own, you know, stupidity of putting myself into that situation. I had met this guy. I bumped into him on the street and he was like, Oh, let me take you around. And, um, it was my first night that I had gotten there and he was, you know, small and didn't seem super threatening. And he ended up walking me into the legit, like drug dealing part of Paris. And I was like, Oh, this is where I'm going to die. Everybody. (laughs) Um, but it other, I, I I was able to remove myself from the situation. and, And that was the only time on the trip I felt, kind of sketchy and unsafe but other than that I mean it's kind of like being in any city or country you just have your wits about you don't put yourself into stupid situations and be you know aware of your surroundings don't 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 put yourself in a spot you can make a movie about (laughs) right (laughs) right Um, I love that though no that's really cool do you have a, a favorite or two spot that you'd care to share over there that like nobody else would say i mean obviously some oh i loved paris or whatever but uh as you were traveling there's a couple spots that maybe people would be surprised they would be really cool or a favorite yeah so barcelona was my favorite for sure um i think it had a lot to do with the people that i met there but it also just the culture just 
eminent through the streets. It's just really a, an incredible place to be. Um, and you just feel all of this passion through the people and the food and everything that's going on in that city. Um, also, the more surprising one is a, a little place called San Vito Lo Capo, which is in Sicily. And it's this small oceanside mom and pop town. It's probably two miles long to walk through all of it. And it's such a little slice of heaven. And a lot of people don't know about that when they go to Sicily. And that was one of my favorite spots as well. I was in Sicily and I didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, please put it on your list. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's crazy. Tell me a little spot about Bulgaria. How was that? Oh, my God. It's so long ago. Um, and I was shooting for most of the time I was there, so I only really had one day to walk around and, uh, and you know, sightsee, if you will. And I was so jet-lagged <laughs> uh, from, <laughs> flying, from flying there and, and, you know, going straight into working. I don't remember too terribly much about it, um, but I remember the one day I did get to walk around and see things. It was it was really beautiful. You know, now, did you grow up always wanting to be in the entertainment field? Because your mom and dad both being in the entertainment field, and, you know, was that something that was just always on the charts with you? Yeah, I think, you know, I grew up dancing and playing sports and being a normal kid. I think I always had it in the back of my mind, like, oh, I'm going to grow up to be an actress. Um, but it wasn't until I did my first film when I was 19 that I was like, oh, I get it. I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I've been acting for about 10 years and directing for three now. And it, it, it's been really interesting this past year in my life because I very much so have transitioned into this author space. Um, and, and not that I'm not acting anymore. I am. I just did a, a film a couple months ago, but it, it, it's been interesting to have those different avenues now open up in my career. Um, and a lot of the people who know me now know me more as an author than as an actress because they're people that have connected with the book that have now, you know, started following me in that respect. So it's been really interesting to, to open up what I knew as my career for 10 years into this whole other avenue of it. I, I, and I think that's great because, I, and I'll tell you, and I'm going to get onto some of your work in, in, in a minute. And by the way, you've you've done tons of horrors. It's the only thing I've never done as a horror movie. I've acted in all kinds of really? other TV shows. and I've acted in TV shows and movies, but I've never done a horror movie. It's, I'm, it's, and it's my favorite well, they're, genre. They're, they're fun. And then after five of them, you're like, I could never have fake blood on me again and be totally fine. <laughs> I said, your, your, your mom said I've done enough for like three people. And I was like, I know, D, really? Right. You know? But it, it, <laughs> did you did you expect, is is uh, horror one of your favorite genres? Uh, or is it just something you do well? Um, no, I mean, you know, I love, I'm open. I love doing horror. Um, the horror fans are some of the best fans that you'll come across. They're diehard in the best way. Um I love drama because I love bringing really passionate, emotional stories to life. And I've done some comedies in in my later years that have been more fun than I've ever had on a set. So it's really about the script and the material being good and the, kind of connecting to the story. I'm kind of open to what, what genre it might be. I love watching horror. Isn't, um, isn't and, comedy really hard, though? I haven't done a lot of comedy, so is that really hard to do as an, as an actor? I mean... For me, it wasn't, but I don't do, you know, 
multi-cam, like, where there's beats involved and there's, like, a pacing element. Like, um, the, the comedies that I've done have been more rom-coms or mm-hmm. um, a dramedy, you know, some stuff that's more just, like, where I can bring my own kind of sarcastic humor to it. Right, I got you. Now, I want to I want to bring up some speaking of things you work on, and I love this, by the way. And, and you know, right after I interviewed your mom, I had put it out there. Nice work with Stay Home, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my mom um, totally roped me into doing that. I did not <laughs> want to do. I during the beginning of quarantine, I just wanted to. I, I was so not creative. I didn't want to write. I didn't want to do anything. And she was so gung ho on this you know, concept that she had. And so I took it to my co-writer, director, Chris Hack, because I knew that if anyone was going to be able to pull it off, it would be him. And lo and behold, we ended up, you know, making this fun little horror project for, for the fans and bloody disgusting picked it up and they're putting it on their channel. Now it's kind of like become its own little quarantine horror gem. So it was a lot of fun once we, once we got it all put together. It was great. I mean, and you had you had you know everybody in it that anybody would recognize from a horror movie, and and I love that. And you know, King going all to bits was hilarious, and <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, it, it was nicely done. Though it was fun, it was tongue in cheek, it had a creepiness to it too. I've probably seen it about seven or eight times. You know, oh, I love it. And, and so, yeah, it's a, it's on bloody disgusting YouTube for anybody that wants to check it out. Oh, that's congratulations on that. That's really cool. I mean, thank you. If well, because you know, you make it as you laugh at yourself. You know, you can make it as the creepiness part of it is, and the finish, by the way, is great. I don't want to give it away to any spoilers thank out you. there, but I love the finish. I was like, "Damn, really?" <laughs> so that was thank really you. cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to make. You know, I've obviously I've known Kane Hodder and Barbara Frampton and Daniel Harris years Scout Compton and I are really good friends um so it was great to work with her and she's just such an amazing actress um I just did another uh project with her where we played sisters so it was great to get to direct her and obviously you know this is the second time I've directed my mom so it was it was fun to do under the pandemic guidelines it was a nice challenge <laughs> how's, how's it like being the boss with your mom <laughs> it's, it's fine Every when I did my, my film after Emma um, yes. where she, she played opposite um, Amy Smart and Tamor Godby and that she it was, it was funny because we were on a, a set with 60 people and it was a, a big production and everyone was kind of like interested to see how the dynamic went and it was like any other actress working with a director for her it just added, added a level of being proud that she was showing up to a professional, well-run set that was run by her daughter. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, I, and I tell you, and I don't know if you remember, I've, I've met you a few times with your mom at a couple of events, and I've worked with your mom on Just Add Magic and something else. And I'll tell you oh, what, cool. you know, I, I remember you were in the middle of something about three years ago doing it, but I heard a lot of buzz about you, that you had a lot of talent and you were going to be one of these directors to watch. So I've heard that. Oh, and I've read it also. So, and now, and seeing some of your work, I definitely see why. Oh, that's really sweet and really great to hear. I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, now, as far as the fact that you jumping in directing and acting, which one do you like better? Or do you like both? Um, I, I like both and I have different, you know, parts of my passion that goes to each. Um, but I'm definitely 
I really, really love directing. I love being able to have some control over what's going on and having the producing aspect of it. Um, we're just starting to pit Eat, Pray, FML around as a series, and everyone's first question is, oh, my God, are you going to play yourself? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. I really want to produce and direct. <laughs> well, and that's going to get um, me the next question. Excuse me. I'm going to get to the next question. That I'm going to say first, well, who, are, who are your influences growing up? And I'm going to get to that. I'm going to, I'm going to love that because I'm going to get to the FML part. So you just led, give me a great segue there. Who are some of your influences growing up as, as an actor and a director? Oh, God. Um, well, obviously, my mom, she was the first person that I really connected the whole, oh, actors on screen are real people in real life. <laughs> um, so growing up and watching the woman that I knew so well as this caring, loving mom, you know, be a psycho killer in The Frighteners and turn into a <laughs> werewolf and howling and kick ass in Cujo was a really um, heavy dose into, into the world of acting. But um, honestly, I have more people who I think I admire now that I'm older um, as opposed to when I was younger. I don't think there was anyone that I was crazy idolizing in the field when I was younger. Um, and it's more more um, movies and characters as opposed to specific people like Requiem for a Dream, um, What Dreams May Come, Robin Williams, obviously. Right. Um, and, and just People who, like, take chances and take risks, um, as far as, as talent-wise, um, oh, God, I always butcher her last name. I really have to figure this out. <laughs> Florence uh, Pugh, Pugh, Florence Pugh, um, yes. who was just up for the Oscar and Little Women. I think she's fantastic. Um, so I love seeing people who really take chances and, and dive into different characters that, that come across. In, in unique ways on screen. I love that. Now, if we could put you in the way back machine, any part in time, who would you like to direct and or act with? Oh, God. Oh, that's such a difficult question. <laughs> you can give me a couple, uh, darling. You can give me a couple. I would love to direct Ellen Bernstein. Um, oh. Her performance in Requiem for a Dream was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen on camera. Um, Robin Williams, for sure. Uh, I also love Nicole Kidman. I think she's fantastic in everything she does. And um, these are all, I mean, acting or directing, I, I guess. Um, and then as far as acting, I don't know, probably Leonardo DiCaprio, because that's like every, you know, leading man epic role that's ever been done. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I want you to throw some big names out next time, please. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that's, that's right. Yeah, Leo, Leo come, comes up pretty high on that list. Now, now, that's really cool. I mean, is there anybody out there today that you'd say, yeah, man, I'd love to pick them. Who would you pick to play you? Oh, that's such a tough question. Um, I know I'm not the first been, one to ask it, but you know. Well, no, it's no, and it's different because I, I used to get asked it when it was just a thought and it was me just saying, and now we're actually, you know, discussing actual options. Um, I it need it would need to be someone that has that dry, sarcastic humor and has both the drama and the the witty comedy. Um, Blake Lively would be amazing. Um, again, Florence. Um, would be phenomenal. 
Uh, I've heard a lot of my readers suggest Lucy Hale. So it's, you know, I, God, there's so many people out there. It could, it could go either way. I was thinking of the girl, I'm drawing a blank now, that plays um, Black Widow. Oh, Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. Oh, I would love, I mean, yeah. Scarjo's great. I, I just, I just. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a new, that's a new suggestion. I have not heard her before. Well, it just kind of came to me. I'm sitting there and I'm looking at your bio, right? And most times I'm already, I don't need to look at it, but I just, it just came to me. I was like, hey, I think she'd be perfect for the part. So there, oh, there's, there's, there's Char's part into the mix. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but no, I, I think that's really cool. So you shopping this around, I mean, and I'll tell you what, you know, given credit that when people come out of a relationship and, you know, you being a, a director and an actor, you know, an actress, you know, the thing of it is, is that a lot of people don't realize that, hey, man, look, you know, you're going through this stuff, too. Yeah, because we vicariously live, you go into the movies when we used to, you know, before they were people dressed up as chairs, of course, you know, when we go into the movies and we go right. out and, you know, go and enjoy it and stuff. We get away from the real world. Like people come on, the, you know, come and listen to the show. They get away from their real world to, to listen to people like yourself come on the show. So they don't realize that, you know, you're going through these things. You know, you, you go through, you know, you go through a romantic comedy or you go through a, a, you know, a love story or whatever else it is that you're watching. You know, you can say, well, I've been through that. And I remember how that was. And people don't realize that a lot of times that, you know, you've gone through the same things. Oh, totally. And I think that's some of the best acting that we've seen are people that are able to bring their real experiences to a character that they're playing and bring a different kind of realness and truth to it. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I congratulate you for bringing it out there and, and showing, you know, again, you know, somebody, look, you know, you, you took a very short period of time to, as I say, get, you know, showered up and get going, you know, 48 hours is not exactly, you know, oh man, I can sit there and mope around for a couple months, you know, you were on your way. I was, and you know, a lot of the healing took place on that trip and when I came back, but the decision to move forward and make something of it was made quickly and and i'm so thankful that it was you know your shirt's funny as hell by the way uh, <laughs> i i i, I My, the, what shirt the, the divorced as f oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey i'm i've embraced it i'm proud to be divorced and have walked away from uh, what would have been a really miserable marriage for me it was one of the best things that could have happened to me, and I'm really grateful that he made it so easy for me to just turn around and walk out. Yeah, I, I say, I say, you know, uh, hurt and mad is bad, but I mean, hurt and hurt and and mad. I'm bad and hurt is mad. Hurt and mad is, uh oh, you know, you're in trouble. And it's a big difference yeah. between being mad at somebody and your feelings are hurt, and hurt and being mad are way entirely different animals. So I mean, but you, absolutely. You, you set it into such a platform that, I mean, you got tens of thousands of people that are jumping out and looking at this and going, man, you know, everybody, every once in a while you get one of those things that kind of jumps out and stands at you. And it seems like you kind of started another, I don't want to say movement, but another type of stance, you know, that's more in the lines of, you know, it's okay to, you know, get going and figure it out on the way. Totally. I, I think that, it's sometimes the best way to, to figure it out is along the way. 
you know, you have to function. I, I think the best part of it is, is that the idea that you showed and you show that you have to function as you're move and, and move forward even as you're healing. Yeah, you know, I've always said that peace starts and begins when you make a decision. So once you take that first step in whatever direction you're going to go, at least you're no longer in limbo and you're starting to, to move one way or the other. How does it feel when so many people come out in a relationship? Because I've seen some guy comments too on 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 there of people that have said, "Oh man, that's me," but it just was the role was reversed. But how do you feel that all these people coming out, you know, men and women coming out and saying, "Look, man, you know, this got me over this hump," or I was trashed until I came. I mean, I'm I've read some of the comments that you know they were at the bottom, not not the bottom of the bottle, they were through the bottle and coming out and all of a sudden making those steps forward because of something that they saw or read from you. It's it's really fulfilling. It, and honestly, I'd like to be like, I had no idea that this was going to impact people the way that it did. But I knew when I was writing it, I was like, this is going to help people heal because of its rawness and its realness. And I knew that I had to write it because it was going to help people get through some of these things. So to get that confirmation and validation and all the DMs and all the reviews and all the messages that I get, it just really makes it all so worth it. You know, I would go through it 10 times over because of the the people that it's, it's helped. Yeah, but I mean, because you'll even look on your Twitter, even like through Thanksgiving, you know, and I follow you and we follow each other on Twitter. And, I, and some of the comments that were on there were just amazing. I mean, you know, it was just amazing. Yeah. Hey, look, Twitter, Thanksgiving and Twitter. I'm not Twitter. I'm not even as active on. Um, I, I should be more active on it. My main <laughs> platform is on Instagram, which is where I interact with most of my readers and stuff. But yeah, it's it's been really great to to know that it's helping people get through things. You know, it, it, but when you see that, you know, and it, does it give you that drive that now you want to put this on the screen and, you know, was it when, when you actually sat down and you, okay, the book's done well and, you know, and it's still doing well. And I think through the holidays, it's going to do great. May I ask you, what part of the year was it that you, that all this happened for you? When, what do you mean? When it, when, when you went to, when actual... you went to Europe and the divorce and all that. Uh, oh, uh, it was, yeah, it was September of 2017. So you were rolling up. So how did how you? So obviously you were on the road during the, uh, during some of the holidays. Um, I I was gone from September fourth to October fourth. So I came back just ah. uh, just before all of the holidays. Um, I took my second solo trip at the end of twenty nineteen, and I was gone for my birthday and Thanksgiving. But um, but yeah, it it it's been a, a crazy journey to get the book to where it is now. You know, I wrote three fourths of it on the trip and then finished it when I came home. So it only took me about three months to write the whole book. Um, and then I went through an edit process and, you know, shopped it to different publishers and such, but it's really been this year where it's kind of gotten a new, you know, uh, level gotten to a new level, um, with, going viral on social media and such. But I knew from the beginning that I wanted it to end up on screen because I, I think it's going to reach so many more people and help so many more people that way. Um, and, you know, I, I grew up in this industry, so, of course, I, it would be a dream to see something that's like my baby <laughs> get to that <laughs> that level. Do you, do you think, what do you suggest to the people out there 
going through the holidays, because your know, holidays can be a rough deal, especially if, you know, you roll up into the holidays, you expected to spend them with somebody and everything else. Do you have yeah. any suggestions out there, Gabrielle, that, you know, that, that can kind of make it a buffer or make it easier or, you know, or anything else? Because, I mean, you know, you've been there. Yeah, um, I would say to start doing a self-love cocktail, which is what I write about in the book, which is how I figured out how to love myself, which was always such a struggle for me. And you basically sit down and you write a list of things that you can give yourself that make your soul happy, and you commit to doing some of those things on that list every single day. Um, So I would say if you're having a hard time around the holidays or you're just feeling down in general because of what's going on in our world, sit down, make a list of things that you're capable of giving yourself and start doing them every single day. I love that. Um, question. Now this is a magical one. I don't know if you best. Is there going to be a sequel to the book? Yes. That's everybody's favorite question. Actually. <laughs> um, as of now, yes, I've, I've been writing. I'm probably close to, a little bit more than halfway through, close to halfway through. Um, but it just really depends on when it feels right to release it. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's not going to be anytime soon, uh, but I know how it starts and how it ends. And uh, I've written good portions of it. But, you know, it's about real people, obviously. So I have to still have all those conversations like I had on the first one to make sure everybody's on board in some capacity. And uh, I, I don't think I'll release it until I feel like the first one is where I want it to be. I like that. I, be- I, I like that. It has to gain. You want it to take its entire course, and, and, and then when that runs that, score, that course, then you'll look at following up. I like that. Yeah, it just has to feel right energetically. And people, just to let you know in Lifebox Media Channel fans here, you know, combined over 12 million views between TikTok and Instagram and everything else it is, uh, you know, and, and having this great book out there, I, I think it's something very important. It's going to be on my uh, Christmas pick list, um, which, we're, which we're putting together right now as being such, because I think it's something that everybody needs. And I've, I've tried to pull some people out here with some positiveness and, and to get some people on the show that are talking about things like this. And I think you were one of my perfect guests to have on to lead off that whole part of things is because I want, you know, to show people they can make it forward. They can get ahead. Loving yourself, I think, is an extremely important thing. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with it. And people would look at you, and I mean this with the love and respect, because you know how I feel about your mom. And and people would think, oh, you grew up in Hollywood. Everything was ice cream cake and rainbows. Yeah, right. I wish. Um, No, look, I mean, yeah, I get a lot of people that judge on that one aspect. But, you know, my dad dropped dead in front of my face when I was six years old, and my mom became a single mom and, you know, was going through some not great times in the industry and it was really hard for a lot of years. Um, and I've, we've both gone through more loss and grief than any person should probably deal with in their lifetime. Right. And at the same time, we're both very, very lucky and very blessed and work very hard for, for what we have and what we've been able to accomplish. But yeah, I mean, I think that it's a testament to, any human that, you know, you can get hit a number of times and, and still come back and make it bigger and better than it was before. Absolutely. And, and I brought that up. And like I said, I meant, you know, I meant that with complete respect that I didn't want anybody to think because, oh, well, man, you know, there's not, not things that happened, 
you know, it happens, you know, bad things happen to everything to people and stuff, but I wanted to make sure to, you know, say that, look, you know, your mom's one of the hardest people working people I know, you know, in, yeah. in Hollywood. I mean, you know, and she's always working on something and, and, uh, you know, I have huge respect for that, but, and, and obviously, you know, your work ethic is right there, you know, that you're keeping yourself busy and everything else, but it's just, I want, I want people to know that, look, everything hasn't been all ice creams and rainbows for you. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I thank you for pointing that out because I think it's an important part, especially before people read this book to, to know that. And I love that it's going to be on your Christmas pick list. Um, I have a, <laughs> a ton of people, uh, have been, I have, uh, signed copies on my website. So I've been signing a lot of, uh, of books to people's friends that they're going to do little gift bags for. So it's been, it's been great. Uh, absolutely. Now, where can everybody find you on social media? So I'm at Gabrielle Stone on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The website is eatprayfml.com, and that's where you can get all of the, like, sweatshirts and masks and T-shirts and signed copies of the book. And then the book is only available either through my website but predominantly on Amazon, and it's in paperback, ebook, and audiobook, which I voiced myself. That is awesome. Is that divorced as fuck shirt available on your on your? Uh... You know, I've gotten so many inquiries about it. We're we're getting a couple new designs in in January, so that'll be in that new that new collection that we added. You know, I looked at that and I was like, you know what, man, she's gonna kick ass with that shirt. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I love it. You're gonna go. You you should set up a cruise like that. There's your deal, Gabriel. Seriously, Gabriel, you should set up a cruise. <laughs> You know, right there, the shirts, the whole deal. That's your whole marketing deal right there. I love it. <laughs> you know, look, it has been such a pleasure having you on. Please come back on again. Um, you get, I would love to. Thank you. I love the traction you're getting. I hope that, do we have an idea to anywhere when the FML would be out there? Or are you still peddling it or? Uh, the show, you mean? Yes, ma'am. No, we're like just starting to pitch it. I just wrote the the pilot, so it's very, very, very early stages. But you know, hopefully, we'll put it out into the universe, and it'll it'll get some quick traction. Because I would love for people to be able to see it on the big screen. This is fantastic. You know, Eat Pray FML. You guys go check it out. It's on Amazon. Uh, go to Gabrielle Stone's website. Check out all our social media. It has been such a pleasure. You have a... Oh, I'm going to ask you one question real quick. I'm sorry. Okay. A great holiday memory for you since we're heading into Christmas. A great Christmas memory for you. Um, every year, my mom and I bake Christmas cookies together and package them into little different boxes and we take them around to all of our neighbors. But it's been a tradition since I was born. So probably that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast has had the esteemed pleasure of having on director, actor, and author of Eat, Pray, FML, Miss Gabrielle Stone. Thank you so much for coming on. You have a wonderful, safe day. You're so welcome. Thank you, too. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Take care.